You're listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast, a conversation on where we are and where we're going in the world of amateur radio. Your hosts are Dan, KB6NU, and Tom, KB5RF, for their thoughts and popularity of the rise of FT8. Hey, Dan. Hey, Tom. All right. You ready to wade into this one? I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. Uh, in fact, it was a great little pre-chat we had as to how much has changed about FT8 since we talked about it briefly a couple of months ago. Right. And we talked about it in a whole different context. Today we're going to talk about FT8 exclusively. Yeah, that's right. All right, so you start off. Where would you like to begin? Well, so let's talk a little bit about what it really is. I mean, we, we might have some listeners that either don't know about it or haven't heard about it or whatever. So FT8 is sort of the new digital mode. It's really been around for a year now, over a year, but... It's really kind of taken over ham radio. I mean, if you that I tried to look for some more statistics because the last statistics are from uh, through uh, December 2017, and as of December 2017, according to the club log, over 50% of the contacts being made on the amateur radio bands are now FT8 contacts, and and that's from December. So I would suspect that it's at least as high or higher now. Well, I mean, to add on to that, I know when I'm working with FT8 and uh, my, I didn't really start doing anything with it till about June. And uh, this Gene Hinkle, K5PA, he was silently encouraging me, not silently, actually kind of pushing me. Come on, come on, you should, you should do this. Check it out. You know, I'm like, I got enough to do. And from that point on, on 20 and 40 and 80 in the evening and whatnot bands, I just, it's just looking more and more crowded just like almost a solid waterfall of signals across that 3k bandwidth it's amazing well really and you know i'm almost i was thinking about this the other day i'm thinking there we're going to need another ft8 frequency right that's that's exactly that's exactly what i was talking to him about and you know what it might ultimately mean i'm not really sure how to say this because i don't have the right technical words but we may be sort of inching our way toward um, a kind of more sophisticated slot hopping, band hopping. <laughs> ah, you know. I hadn't even thought about that. Well, I, I mean, even thought about that. If but you're right, yeah, kind of like the cell phone uh, technology does, and I'm someone sure is going to write and tell us specifically what I'm trying to talk about. But it's not a new idea; it's just a better way of using bandwidth that's not getting used. Right. No, yeah, I, I, that's a great idea. I, I really hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So I see us essentially from a technology point of view evolving that way because it is evolving fast. Let's talk a little bit about why it's so popular. I, I have some things here. Let me, let me put these out and you tell me what you think. Um, well, the, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, don't sound like you had something there. Well, the, the one that I always key in on, right, is that it seems like many hams, like, I think new and old hams both just don't want to really talk to other hams. Yeah, you know, there's sort of two parts to this. Uh, maybe we should do that first, which is what you hear when the topic comes up informally amongst other hams, young or old, right? And yeah. um, I, I hear, I hear that. Uh, I hear that it's like watching paint dry or grass grow. Um, that there's there's no engagement, there's no interaction with someone else, and that's true. 
I mean, the thing with CW or even voice, and part of it is 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 learning to deal with the sort of the edge difficulties of the communication. May it be noise or their particular style or the accent that they have or, I mean, they may be saying all the right words or communicating the right code, um, but there's real effort required in dealing with the various versions of the ways that people do it from a human point of view. That's, yeah. out, that's out of the picture now. Yeah. But it does bring in other things. It's not like it's... Uh, it's gone, and now the whole game is less interesting. It's more where you put your interest, and that's going to require <laughs> that's going to require adding some new skills or interested yeah. in new topics. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to take a step back about yeah. the not wanting to talk to other hams, you know, I have a T-shirt now that was oh. sent to me by KE9V. Yeah, yeah. And 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 on this shirt it says, and you can see this on my a picture of this on my website if you you search for it. It says FT8 colon ham radio without the jibber jabber. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, I do remember being, again, fairly new ham. Uh, my first uh, few months just listening, playing around, and I hear this over and over, especially with the younger guys or women. I don't know about the women, but at least the younger guys. Down in Texas, you'll hear these these guys on 80 and on 40 at night on the voice band going on about hogs and this and that and you know and you're like really this this is this all there is is this is this it for ham radio is and and uh, you know i mean i do respect that they've, they've kind of carved out a relationship and they have friendships and they talk about but it's just it's not particularly interesting you know yeah yeah <laughs> well so but that that gets back to Putting putting yourself into it and making it interesting, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You know, this. So this is a little sidebar, but but you can't expect. It's like that in life, right? You can't expect anything to be like interesting right off the bat. You have to put yourself into it too. Yeah, and I think that also applies to one of the. Um, uh, uh, how would you say it? Sort of key points that you've brought up over over the last couple of years, which is just that, you know, the club is what you make it. And if you want the club to be a particular direction, you either have to participate in that direction and get things happening or go create your own club. Right, right. You know, and so it's the same thing on HF. If you don't like the conversations going on there, start your own conversation. Right. Start your own net. Yeah. Do it, you know, it's it, 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 you. The infrastructure is there to do it, right? Just right. find the people and start talking to them about interesting things. So we'll have to see, maybe at the end of this, what that might look like from an FT8 point of view, because that comes back to another point we discussed with regards to future contesting. But before we get there, the... Let's, let's talk a little bit about the technical considerations. The well, let's, let's see. You know, just from the beginner's point of view, it's fairly simple to set up. It's significantly right. faster than JT65. If for those who right. have some recollection of that, it works very well, even with a lot of noise. Right, right, right. now in the low part of the sun cycle, I think most people know that. It's popular, so there's lots of activity. I mean, you know, yep. it's just amazing. It's semi-automated, making it for easy contacts. Now, setting aside judgments is, you know, too easy or whatever. But it, it is, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's a great way to racking up countries you've worked without much hassle. 
Absolutely. So, right I, when I get, when I got on FTA, the first thing, and I didn't work this guy unfortunately, but I saw I saw an A five in the waterfall. Right, that's Dubai, I think. Yeah. And I I never even heard of A five on CW. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I that saw was that pretty too. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it it and and to get back to the low the high noise environments. So so I'll give I have a story about that. So. Um, <clears throat> my sister-in-law was over one night and she and my wife were doing something in the kitchen and the the problem i have with noise here is that when you tr- the the kitchen chandelier is a hal uses halogen bulbs <laughs> and the and the power supply that powers these little 12 volt bulbs is just noisy as heck uh-huh. and it it just wipes out hf for me uh-huh. Well, they were over and they were doing this thing in the in the the kitchen and or the dining room, and I, I really couldn't ask them to stop. Yeah, but I still wanted to operate, <laughs> so I said, "Well, look, I'll try FT8." And sure enough, I made a bunch of contacts. It didn't care about the S9 noise. Right, right, right. And so, so that's just a just an example of like how cool it is, you know. If if you you can you could use this anywhere you got that high level of noise. Yeah, it, it's. Uh... It's, you know, depending on what level of automation you take it, some people are writing macros and things like that. You know, you can, you can be doing other things while you're racking up countries. But, um, okay, well, so you want to get into a little more of the technical aspects of it? Well, I, I don't know that I can really speak more in depth about the technology that that's actually used. Um, that, well, the way I look, uh, understand it, and, and this is my sort of limited understanding of it, it just uses a lot of digital signal processing. And the fact that you can t- time sync the transmission with the reception to actually, that's how it gets that high noise performance. It can actually, I mean, I guess it does some very f- sophisticated statistical uh, calculations on the incoming signals to extract those signals from the noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I say I was going to bring up something here that I have that it talks a little bit about it. It's, um, you know, it's a it's a fifteen second turnaround. So it happens, right. you know. So it's it happens fairly quickly. Of course, you know, it's it's not instantaneous. But and in and in that fifteen, this is a sort of an example of the speed. In that fifteen seconds, seconds, it's only sending like seventy-five or seventy-seven bits. Yes, uh, uh, seventy-one right now. It'll be seventy-seven on two Okay. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, part of the deal is it's just not a lot of information being sent. Um, right. And it's both a an opportunity and a problem. And uh, where it gets to be a problem is where we'll get into is that it doesn't really support. Um, more, you know, uh, uniquely different call signs and separators. And, of course, contesting with exchanges becomes very difficult um, without it, you know, because there's just not enough bits in there to do that. Right. You, could, you couldn't do a sweepstakes exchange <laughs> over FT8. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know what the, FT, uh, the, the sweepstakes exchange is. No, but what, like, is it? what is it? Oh God! It's like it's like thirty or forty characters long. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, like send your name and your section and the serial number, and it's like like ungodly long. Yeah, for contests. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that would kind of. Well, so yeah, so seventy-seven bits is barely eight bytes. It's not even eight bytes. 
right? Right. So right. it's it's a, you know like a character. You know? It depends how they encode it, right? Yeah. I mean, you can you do a little things with encoding, but but yeah. So you keep. I mean, that's why that's why that's why it's so prescribed like it is you know you send call signs you send a signal report and you send a, a grid locator and that's it over regular ft8 right yeah and where i've been running into some problems is i'm using a remote station in, in marquette and um uh, and uh they're still you know i i have the grid uh, set correctly uh and so it knows that it's that grid in marquette but um, apparently on the, what is it, the grid square chase contest part of it, I'm, I just, there's so much going on, I can't keep up with it all. Someone, <laughs> someone nice, sent me a nice note last night saying, look, you know, in some software thing he's using or whatever, it says Marquette, but then it says the call sign is actually, you know, Austin, Texas. And I have to re-enter this stuff every time and it gets disqualified. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just using the software like everyone else, but so it's an evolving thing. If I mean, one of the perspectives that you could take as a ham is if you want to get involved in something that's going to uh, evolve and change rapidly and be a part of all that, this is a great thing to get involved in. You know? All right, so that's that actually is another good point. You know, there's some learning. Not everybody understands it all. There's some there's some things that don't work right that have to be fixed in the myriad of ways that everybody uses it around the world. Um, so. All right. So uh, one of the things you, you, you've brought up that I, that I had to learn the hard way is that FT8 uh, can be super easy to set up with your transceiver. Yep. Yep. And, and my IC7300, I mean, you, you have to be using one of these newer rigs. You got to use a newer rig. That's the trick. Yeah. But like with the IC7300, it's just a USB cable. Yeah. And uh, with... Um, I have an older Yezu, which I'm hoping to sell, and it's like a, you know any other older transceiver. You've got to have a separate audio box, in, yeah. um, unless you know how to sort of make it work directly with your PC, and then that's more cables, <laughs> and it's like a, and, and you know that all works fine, except except it is a little bit more of a pain to get all set up. Yeah, and then when you don't want to use that like that, you want to use the receiver more. You know, it's. You have to do some button pushing to get everything set for FT8 and the way it's going to be used. And then when you go to CW, you got to set it up a slightly different way. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I found that uh, I just didn't have I, – I wanted something that was much easier. That's why we put a 7300 in Marquette. Yeah. You know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping for, uh, which I think would be real exciting – um, these kits like the QRP, uh, whatever the name of that company is that has those great kits – I heard, mm -hmm. I heard I heard a rumor that they were going to do a um, you know a 10 watt CW SS sideband and FT8 kit for under under hundred dollars. Like, well, so how's it going to do FT8? But I don't know. It's going to have all. It's going to have the. It's just going to be built in. Built in. Yeah. Wow. With it, yeah. Well, that'll that will be something if it's built in. Yeah. That really will be something. And and that got me thinking. Well, there you go again. I mean, this is all changing that rapidly that you know one of the other modes that you'll take with you on <laughs> islands on the air summits on the air parks on the air whatever the case may be will be another mode yep yep so and and you know you, you can get away with that with fta because i mean even if it's only 10 watts well it'll fta should work just fine with 10 watts yeah 
Yeah. And sideband won't. I mean, you can make some CW contacts with on right. 10 watts, but sideband you won't be all that successful with. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so now, so, but so another thing about FT8 uh, that I think has anybody that's in the de expedition mode excited about is this foxhound mode that has been employed into the into the software into the protocol you know i was reading about that you, you prompted me to read about that today because <laughs> because I, I i got into this fta call business which we'll talk about later but but so i didn't i hadn't even read about it till till like a oh, half really? an hour ago yeah yeah like you know because i just had been putting it off and uh, to me that's like amazing too well, yeah. you know, I, I I read, and we'll have all these things, of course, in the show notes, links yeah. to these things. But but the uh, the release notes for this thing notes that <clears throat> you'll you'll be able it, one station will be able to make up to five hundred QSOs an hour. Yes, yes, and that, to, that's that, how amazing is that? It's like it's almost like why would any DX expedition want to do anything but FT eight? <laughs> well. It, it it pushes up against a lot of core beliefs about how things are, should be done. That one even more so than ever. Yeah, you know, it just it, it it's we are going to redefine what competition is, and FT8 I think will be the, the juggernaut that causes us to rethink FT uh, contesting. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. I mean, uh, and that, <clears throat> I should explain how they get to that five hundred. So. The, the, yes, let's the, go into that. The, yeah, so the limit, the so, the limitation on on a single contact at a time would be about a hundred QSOs per hour. Yeah, but this thing can can do five uh, five. The software can do five simultaneous transmissions. Yes. And that's how they get to the five hundred QSOs per hour at, at the upper limit. Practically, they won't won't be able to do that, but. The theoretical limit will be 500 QSOs per hour. Yeah, I think they, I don't have all the specifics in front of me. I'm trying to get them while we talk. They divide the band up and you have to put your, the thing is you have to explicitly put the software into this foxhound mode. And then when you do, you only make one contact. You're only going to be allowed one contact on FT8 on a given band uh, at, the, at that de-expedition. And because uh, that way... They can go faster. <laughs> and they, yeah, oh, they, they just ignore you once once you're in there, you know. And, and, and it's all automatic. They, they yes. don't even have to take that's take right. the time to copy you and say, "Oh, sorry, that's a dupe." That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, I think what they do is they divide the band up. I think anything over a thousand hertz is uh, is the uh, the hounds, and the stuff under that is the fox. Gosh, I hope that I have that right. I don't have my sheets up here. And um, so, you know, it's like you don't really need to know all of that, per se, once you put it in the right mode and, and away you go. But, it, you know, it, it, um, for chasing DX, especially these rare islands, you know, unless you had a megastation, some of those are really hard to get to, from what I understand. And yeah. uh, you'll be able to do it with, you know, the old, what is it, uh, little pistol guys with the wire antennas. We're, we're, back, we're in the game. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this will be like very cool for the expedition. I almost would think that 
and, and I, you know, I'm no not a big DXer. I I almost think that we were talking about having another FT8 frequency. Well, maybe they should set up separate frequencies for these day de expeditions. Well, they do, they actually do. Um, and so w one of the things uh, lessons learned again, I'm I'm new at this, and I know I'll get clobbered for all the details, but. Um, for Baker Island and then um, this other one that I was – well, Baker didn't make, right? But, I mean, they were, everyone was ready to go there. And what you have to do is you go into FT8 in the configuration into the frequency band area, and you define the frequencies that are specific to that de-expedition. Okay. Now, a lot of them are kind of reusing what the last guy did, but they're not the same 7074, 14074 – you know, whatever, 21044. You know, it's not the, uh, right. it's not the same ones. And uh, that, right. that's, uh, well, you know, you got to think about it. You know, it's not all. And, all and, that, that. It, and that would be great, too, because, um, A, if you make a contact, you know, like say they, they chose 70 70 on uh, 40 meters. There you go. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's something else there now, probably is, but say they chose that, that, that you wouldn't be interfering with normal FT8 contacts on the 40 meter band up that's at right. 70 74 which, which is what happens on cw you know when a when a when a, a big d expedition comes on all the cw frequencies are used up where you know wherever they're operating and you know you can't can't make any regular contacts right so but yeah so that i i think that'd be fantastic by the way i'm looking at the uh the uh the expedition okay. sheet now good it good. says foxes transmit between 300 and 900 okay well, that's close and hounds uh call between 1000 and 4000 right all right good so what what other bits do you see in there that uh that we should know about well, I don't know. I think that I think that's really about it. That's I, about mean, it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other detailed instructions in here to how to set it up and all, but I think that's sort of the basics. Well, you know, uh, another sort of side note for the, and again, this is sort of the particular ham that you are. Um, it doesn't take much of a machine at all to run the software. And yeah, you right. know, if 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 you've got older radios uh, sitting around, and you've got older PCs sitting around, older laptops, you could put put them all to work on different bands, <laughs> you know, doing different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with it, I guess I guess the one the one uh, uh, requirement would be that the probably you you'd want a rig that has uh, a digitally synthesized VFO because otherwise it probably is not stable enough. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, you don't want it to drift, and you'll actually, there's a FT8, uh, will start looking really funny if it's drifting. It's kind of starts, yeah. it looks just real smeared like it drank too much, and it's starting to slur its words on the screen. I saw that one time. Um, which brings us to the point that we should, everyone I think knows now, but you need to be running a, um, uh, you know, atomic synced clock on your pc or mac all the time it has to right. has to be really dead on accurate which brings up another issue is what happens if wwv goes away one of your posts recently and everyone's talking about that's for another podcast that we'll have but um gene hinkle uh, for our presentation we're going to give to uh, the contesting club down here in austin uh, he's got three or four different alternative ways of of handling um uh clock sync through gps uh -huh. gps and stuff like that yeah so it's yeah. pretty cool 
Well, you know, the, what I use here, which I don't know what you use in Marquette, but I, I use the NNTP service. So I, I, I'm sort of divorced from that anyway by some other layer, right? So I'm relying on these NNTP servers, which presumably have something other, are presumably not using WWVB. Well, they may be synced to it at that at that server, and then you're just getting re reflected. Uh, but I mean, your times are you're, you're making contacts and it's working, and you know, yeah. Uh, we I actually have some free software that I downloaded, and I didn't think to put that in the notes, but I can add it. Well, I'll send you a note. Well, about so that. I so I have a little I have a blog post about this too. When I first started setting up FTA, I, I did some googling, you know, right? And they, everybody said, "Oh, you should use this Meisner NNTP." And um, to me, for for my particular computer, that didn't work very well. Yeah. So I went to this Dimension Four software. Oh yeah. And that seemed That's that seemed to work a lot better yeah. for me. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I remember seeing your post going, "Yeah, thumbs up. That's what we're doing." Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so and yeah. they're both they're both free. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that's fine. Well, should we go to two point Where where are we on the agenda here? Yeah, yeah. I think we we talked a little about the FTA D expedition, and that's the the nice segue because so you know FTA came out, everybody started using it. Then somebody said, well, you know, we this would be great for D expedition. So they made. Uh, uh, some extensions for de-expeditions. Right. And, and now everybody says, well, you know, this is cool, but we can't use it in contests. Well, that's one of the things that's coming out in FTA 2.0 is support for various contest exchanges. Right. So now you have 77 bits, and I have a blog post here from uh, F. Kimmer, F. Kim Kimmer. Okay, how to spell? We'll have to put it on your on your... On your post there's notes, a first look at uh, WSJT 2.0 Release Candidate 1. That's what we're all playing with now on the side. And okay. it has better support for North American VHF contests and approved, improved handling of grids and uh, rover call sign designators, which will be, you know, really important. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. Yep. Six character locators and call sign suffix support for portable operators focused on EU VHF contesting. Support for ARRL field day exchanges, which are, you know, yeah. there's no longer. Support for yeah. uh, RTTY roundup exchanges. Support for call signs up to 11 characters, including non-support, non-standard, and compound call signs. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Yeah. it's it. Uh, and and the, like it says here, it will include all the features of FTA de-expedition mode. Yes, yes. And... Um, so some of these weird problems with reporting might start going away. Of course, everybody who has logging software will have to update those. The next re release candidate is in October 15th, and then the third candidate is October 12th. I mean, November 12th, November 12th for release candidate three. And then uh, December 10th, supposed to be dot, 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 full release of 2.0. And and they're using actually they're using seventy seventy eight as a, a test frequency. Yes, and that's where FTA call is now, right? Yes. So so you I I actually see you and, and FTA call can't decode it. So so you actually see some people testing it out. So it's it's being actively tested. Absolutely. So um, the word on the street is at least what we're going to say in the presentation is. Um, uh, <laughs> 
be ready. It's going to happen very, very rapidly. And in order for it to all work well for us globally, this is one of these things where us guys and girls will need to all change. So, that, right. so because it won't, it won't be. It's not completely backward compatible. It's not. You're not going to be able to just stick with 1.91 for three or four years until you, you know, it, it's this. This is the new way in many ways, for better or for worse. Things are going to change rapidly. And um, so, I mean, can you imagine just in another six months what the uh, <laughs> um, we are going to have to start finding other slots for frequencies. I, I think so. I, I, I think so. And uh, I, well, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll yeah. be interesting to see where, where where they decide to try it. Who has to give up their part of the spectrum? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, like, like, well, I, and probably I should I should try and learn more about this. Probably, but like, what's going on in between seventy eighty and seventy one hundred? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I just don't know because I don't operate there. I don't. So I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to dig into that a little bit more. Well, I know there's, there's Riddy, isn't there? Just around there somewhere. I don't know. I shouldn't say. We'll, 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 we'll let. Maybe we'll have that as a follow up or in one of your posts or something like that. True. And if any of the listeners know, they can email us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on the, it's on the band charts, and I'm sure people know. Uh, okay, well, what about FT Call? I hear that one just really kind of popped your top. Yeah, so 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 like when I heard about that, I said, well, dude, heck, I got that's one of my biggest beefs about the FT8, and so I got to try it and uh, downloaded the software, got it, you know, had to make a few uh, uh, configuration settings. I set it up just like I set up the FT8 program, and it worked like a charm. And so what and, happens? And what's it? What's it do? It, well, so what what it does is it allows you to actually send messages. Huh. So you there's a window on on it. You can type in a message, and depending on how long that message is, it takes up more than one FT8 slot. Uh-huh. And 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 because you're using the same program on each end, you have to use the FT8 call program. You can't use the regular FT8 program. The 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 receiving station knows that you haven't finished the transmission yet, even though you've been through one FT8 cycle, and it'll just wait and receive till it, there's actually a little character that's like a, uh, oh, I don't know what, it's a little squiggly line actually, I, I don't even know what to call it. But that's sort of the, the end of transmission character, and you know, your, your uh, FT8 program, FT8 call program will wait until, um, uh, it receives that character to know that it's uh, it's ready to start transmitting itself. Hmm. So so you can send. I I sent messages up to five cycles, <laughs> <laughs> which is still not a lot of characters. But you know, it, it, five cycles is seventy five seconds, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. I always look at it. Uh, given this is sort of my my uh, career background, but I've all I always look at things. You know. 24 and 36 and 48 months out based on all those years at Motorola Semiconductor. And boy, you know, this is just going to continue to evolve. It seems like it will not be long and, and we'll have even more capability from a messaging point of view. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. You know they, these guys. These we got smart guys working on us, right? <laughs> they, they, these guys. These guys are going to find ways to fit more in and make it things a little faster. Already in in the WSJT 2.0 thing, it says here. Uh, Advancements to the FDA decoder ensure that oh wait, that's oh yeah ensure that in most situations decoding sensitivity is slightly better. Right. Well, so they're not not making a big deal of it here, but you know you know that's what they're thinking about too as they're working on this. And and so you know this 2.0 will be slightly more sensitive. 2.1 maybe slightly faster. Uh, 2.2 might have a bigger payload, you know, data payload. Right. So you know this it's just gonna just gonna work that way. I think. Yeah. So yeah, future thinking is uh, there's a you know there's a gentleman I want us to interview that I keep asking you his name and I keep forgetting, but I think he's at Georgia Tech or something that Virginia had, Tech, Virginia Tech, right? Has these Bob McGuire, Bob McGuire, yeah, and he's got the vision. He knows where it's all going, and what's fascinating is getting him to talk about uh, younger students, which is very exciting, and they're use of AI uh, to monitor propagation uh, uh, characteristics that are going on at any given time, and then automatically adjusting the antenna and the radio while it's communicating for the best path, uh, you know, you know, just all kinds of things that would just be beyond your mental capability that the machine can do for you to make and makes it more interesting. Certainly beyond my capability. <laughs> <laughs> Band adjustment. But back into the practical world, I was going to suggest that uh, if you're going to be doing FT8 at all, you really want to use JT Alert. Okay. It's an add-on. I haven't tried that. I, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Well, it's an add-on. And what it does is it creates its own log. Um, and uh, the good thing about that is it shows these, like these little boxes buttons looks like buttons but they're just little long uh, boxes about uh, 10 of them I guess or maybe 12 that are vertical I mean so horizontal and depending on the kind of it what it does is it looks at the contact and says does this person will they give you an LOTW uh, you know confirm contact back and they'll be a yeah. bar on the left hand side and go yes I want that and and uh, shows like, directional um, QSOs for FT8. It shows which, most importantly, if you're on a given band and you've been working it, it shows you only those calls that you have not worked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because FT8 seems like it's just picking fish out of a barrel, you know, the first few days. But then you start realizing you're just, you could be hitting some of the same people over and over and over again. And, yeah. and that's, then you go, well, see, that's interesting. Well, what about all those other states? And then, then it's, it starts to set in, oh, this could be good. I could get all the states, get all the countries. I could get all the zones. And, but in order to do that, you, you know, you need a little help. So that JT Alert can be set up for all kinds of sort of visual cues or audio cues or email, for that matter, to let you know that this there's a guy on in, in the Caribbean that you've been looking to get, whether it's a specific call, a specific country, or zone, or grid, or all these other things that. Huh. So it probably only works with FT uh, WSJT X, though, right? Probably doesn't work with FT8 call. Uh, that would be my guess. That would yeah, be my guess. That's what... Yeah. Um, but if you're getting serious about FT8 and having a lot of fun with it, you, then you're going to want to run it with, you know, WSJT. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would, I would, I'd say so too. But to tell you the truth, I, I, I'm, I don't almost at this point anyway don't care about FTA. I, I like this FTA call. Okay, and, it's cool. Yeah, uh, you know, I, you know, I like exchanging a little bit of a message with somebody. Yeah. And uh, well, I'll, yeah, I, I'll. I haven't even loaded the FTA program since I got FTA call. <laughs> I mean, that's just me, right? Mm-hmm. That's just me. What kind so, of stuff so are you? Uh, what are you exchanging with people exactly? Out of curiosity. No, just like all, just like the usual ham stuff, yeah. you know, like what your rig is mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's not nothing, nothing like real, real in, involved. Yeah. But, you know, at least at least now I know what the guy's the other guy's name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Okay. Well, I, I'm ready to to get doing on that too. We'll have to. Well, you and I will have to set up. Just try a, it. Yeah, I will. I you know, will. it's like anything, right? Try it and see what happens. See if you like. Uh, it. Yeah, this <laughs> is so much to do. It's really amazing. I know. Did, I know. That's the problem. Huh? Well, do we miss anything? Uh, do we want to announce, uh, pre-announce what our next one's going to be by chance, or what would you like? No, to do? I don't. No, I want. I want that to be a surprise. Secret. Okay. Well, we have surprise uh, oh, yeah, yeah, guests I, coming I, up. I, <laughs> you you won't want to miss it. <laughs> 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 Why are we laughing? Well, you'll have to come back and find out. Yeah, you'll have to you have to subscribe to that RSS feed and there you uh, go. Well, I don't know what else do they do? Like you on iTunes or whatever. It is. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> subscribe right. to it on iTunes. Well, we'll be back and um, uh, thank you very much, Dan. This has been a really fun episode. Oh, this has been great. It'd be, and, and why? Because ham radio is fun. FT8 is ham radio. FT8 is fun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're good. You've been listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast with Dan, KB6NU, and Tom, KB5RF. For links to internet resources mentioned on the show and other notes, visit nonsenseamateurradio.com. For more information about amateur radio in general, visit Dan's blog at kb6nu.com. 7-3.